You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Didn't you coach Burt Reynolds? Yes, I did. Was he any good? He was a defensive back. I know. Was he any good? I said. 103.9 FM LI News Radio presents The Weekend Crunch with Errol Marks and Josh Silverberg. In the studios of the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, this is The Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, and he's in the studio. Yes, this is not a Zoom call. We are not doing the COVID-19 thing today. He is in the studios of the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Joshua Silverberg, and our producer on the board, as always, the pain in the butt himself, the man, the myth, and not the legend, Speedy, a.k.a. Tidy Whitey Man Petey. As you guys know, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time, only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Scene Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. I am wearing my mask right now. I don't know why I have my mask on, but... <laughs> it's a lot of things you do that are interesting. Well, you know, the point. It's, a, it's a figure of your imagination, my friend. Mr. Josh, how are you? How's your week gone? It's going well. It's great to be here in person. It's been a very long time. The week's going well so far. Maybe so it was the COVID. Already... It was the COVID thing with you and your wife. It was, but you know what? Hiding in your we house. Got the vaccine, so we feel comfortable now and feel out and about. Get to, but just getting back to normalcy is just a nice feeling again. You know, I think everybody needs that in this world because there's such. Forget the COVID stuff. There's just so much hate and stuff in this world right now that it's just it's it's sad. It's Constantly, it's actually putrid mm. when you think about how this world is. Right well, now. there's a lot that. of there's a lot of putrid people in this studio, and it wouldn't be me; it'd be you and Speedy. Ah, uh, don't put me in that category. The big C would be you, and what I mean by C is the big COVID, and that's what I think you guys are. You're a disease, and that's why well, I'm sitting next to you. If guys. you're a disease, I'm gonna—I don't want to say it on the air what you are. Well, it's not appropriate. I, so I figure you were gonna use a terrible word to express who I am as a person. I don't have to be the only one. Mm. Oh, well, there's a lot Speedy's of people. Do that? You think Speedy's gonna do that? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people I might think. Oh, <laughs> man. Here we go. It's the beginning of the show, and I'm dealing with Mr. Joshua Silverberg. That's right. And it's not over a camera. It's right in the studio. We'll so. be back on a camera next week, probably. <laughs> probably. All I got to look at is your big melon. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> My head is actually very small, so that's uh, the thing. That's I don't know. It, it looks pretty big to me. See, uh, Josh, at least in the intro, you actually can rebuttal this time. It is. It does feel nice. <laughs> I have to hear his garbage that he does, because he used to be... No, you can't talk over the music. It's going to... You, you yeah, I can. <laughs> you can. Nah, but anyways, we have a great show lined up for you guys as well. We're going to get into basketball. The All-Star game is about around the corner. Kevin Durant will not be playing in the All-Star game with the hamstring problem. We're going to get into, obviously, football conversation. Russell Wilson wants out of Seattle. We will argue the points on where he could be. The Cowboys are a team. The Bears are a team. There are a few good teams that are, could be available to make a move for Russell Wilson. Deshaun Watson, the story's coming out over there that he has sat down with ownership and sat down uh, with the executives, and he already said he wants out. So it doesn't seem like uh, he's staying put over there in uh, Texan land, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But first things first, some baseball conversation. And I will say this. There is so much to expect this year from New York baseball. When you look at the Yankees, and I'm a Yankee fan, and I know you two idiots are Met fans. but Speak for yourself. Well, you know, two idiots. But yeah. the Yankees... You match two idiots. So you'd hope they could stay healthy this year. They have not 
been in that situation really for the last three years. They've had so many injury problems with Giancarlo Stanton, with Aaron Judge, and then you see players like Gio Urshela come out of nowhere. Uh, you, you look at Luke Voigt become a superstar. That He won the home run title last year. Aaron Hicks, when he actually stays on the field, he's one of the best all-around players on the Yankees. You have Clint Frazier that's turning into a young superstar player. You bring in Corey Kluber, a pitcher, to be your number two starter right behind one of the highest-paid pitchers in baseball, in, and obviously Garrett Cole. And then you bring in Talon and, and, and some of the different pitchers, uh, relief pitchers that you brought in the offseason. There's a lot to really be excited for when it comes to the Yankees. As far as the Mets are concerned, how could you not be excited? Uh, you had uh, Carrasco, Lindor, McCann, May. They, they have so many good players that they added to this team and this roster to really solidify themselves from really probably 13 or 14 ranked team in baseball last year to all the way to possibly the fifth or fourth best team in all of baseball. So Steve Cohen, Uncle Stevie is taking over, and he's really stamping his name to that team. He really is. But we saw something over the last couple of days that really stuck out to us is is the power ranking. MLB.com gave uh, the top five power ranking in baseball going into the season. Spring training starts this weekend. And it's very interesting because you expect the top three teams to really stand out. And they do. You have the Dodgers. As the number one. The Padres, which I was very surprised, moved all the way up from probably five to two. I think they're the fifth best team. I would say the Dodgers, the Yankees. But they have the Dodgers, the Padres, the Yankees, the Braves as number four. And then, obviously, the New York Mets. And what's interesting about all these teams, and the Dodgers got a lot better. They were the World Series champions. They added Bauer. I mean, they solidified their pitching staff, which... A lot of people were saying, even though that pitching staff has a lot of good young pitchers, they're cluttered with some veteran pitchers as well. You have, obviously, one of the best pitchers in, in baseball history. And, and we, we say this all the time because I think Clayton Kershaw is one of the most underrated pitchers of all time. I, I don't think people realize how dominant he has been year after year after year. Maybe the last two or three years he's fallen off because of injury, but he's a fantastic pitcher. And then you, you look at Walker Bueller, who got that two-year extension uh, this offseason, well-deserved. And then you add a Bauer, who's you're going to be a third starter. He's the highest-paid pitcher in baseball right now. Definitely the most outspoken. <laughs> uh, this, yeah, well, this Dodger team is going to be uh, – they're going to stick out like a sore thumb. They and then have, even the back end of the rotation, you got Dustin May yep. and Julio Arias. Yep, and, and they have one of the best bullpens in baseball. Yeah. So this team is absolutely cluttered uh, with talent. So, obviously, you're going to take the Dodgers in front of all these teams because when you argue the points, uh, are the Yankees better than the Dodgers? And the mishap of understanding where the Yankees are this year is their pitching staff. You don't know if Corey Kluber is going to stay healthy. If Corey Kluber stays healthy, you arguably have the second best starter in baseball. Because if if he stays healthy, I believe he'll come back to life. He's not a power pitcher. He's an off-speed pitcher. The guy has to stay healthy. The last three seasons, he couldn't stay healthy. But if you see, if he plays... Between 27 and 30 games, the guy has a 2.6-something ERA. His whip is usually under either at one or under one, and he strikes out a load. So this is a guy that's won Cy Young multiple times. He's a fantastic pitcher, Josh. No, he is, and I think that's the key part you've mentioned is with the injury, right? That seems to be the main word with this whole thing. You know, you brought up Italian as well from Pittsburgh, who they acquired. I'm also looking at with the Yankees, and what I'm trying to figure out is it, their bullpen, which was once this big powerhouse mm-hmm. bullpen, seven, eight, you go Britton, you go Batantis, you go Miller, you go Chapman, you go Adovino, and it's 
constantly, guys, arms are coming in. It shortens the game for their stars. They could go five or six innings. That bullpen is not what it once was. So the Yankees have to get creative a little bit and try to figure They still have Zach Britton there. You know how I feel about Chapman. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has a good regular season. He has that little bit of stretch where he struggles, and then the playoffs come around, and he just craps the bed at that point, which for some just don't know why. It's just the case. They got to figure out with that bullpen. Because they have to shorten these games for their stars. Like you said, Corey Kluber's up there in age and the injuries as well. You want to shorten the games for these guys because that's what's going to get the Yankees to be successful. The Yankees have always been, what's been the mantra for years is that bullpen, the stout bullpen. Going back to the when they had Mike Stanton, Ramiro Mendoza, Mariano Rivera, Jeff Nelson. They had these guys that could come in, you could trust them, you know, and it makes the game easier for those players. The lineup is going to be fine. Not concerned about that at all. I'm not concerned you know? about the bullpen either. No. Adding Wilson, adding the pitchers that they've yeah. la- they've landed in the offseason in free agency. When you when you look at Adovino, you, you traded him away to the Boston Red Sox. You you signed him to a, a three year, four year deal a couple of years ago. He didn't pan out. Maybe Aaron Boone completely uh, beat his arm up the first year he was there, and and he no, hasn't he been the same pitcher. Did. He's not the same pitcher. So the Yankees moved on. The Boston Red Sox did him a favor, and they added two really good relief pitchers into that bullpen that was one of the best bullpens in baseball for many, many years. And last year was probably one of their weakest parts of their team. And now it's turned into probably one of their strongest parts. Now adding Wilson and some of the relief pitchers that they brought in. And by the way, Domingo Herman is coming back this year where he's going to be put into that starting rotation. We saw what Domingo Herman did a couple of years ago. We yes. did, but the only thing is, and Luke Voigt said it, in his press coverage, he is on very thin ice. What happened at the Yankee charity event, and then he went back home again and did what he did. And then the, the girlfriend had to call a, a, a Yankee uh, player's wife, and the player had to come and see if she was okay. Void said it. He's on very thin ice, and the players have to be able to trust him again. And I don't think we talk about that enough. I think it's swept under the rug too much. You see Jerry's Familia had the problem. All the Chapman had the problem. Domingo Hermans had the problem. We all talk about it really quick about the Jared Porter situation and what happened with that. And that was fire him, fire him, fire him. And he got fired because he sexed a woman. Domingo Herman physically abused a his woman, wife, his, wife. his wife, and should be playing. Two years of no, not I playing am, baseball. I, I mean, saying, that's no. enough. No, but do you understand what I'm saying? No, he made that, a mistake. No, he, I'm not saying it was the right mistake. That was a no, terrible but, no, thing he did. But everybody deserves a second chance. But you get what I'm saying, yes, though. Absolutely. It, it, it's when the Jared Porter thing happened, fire, fire. But when Familia happened and Chapman happened, people were still clamoring. Nobody for, should put their hands on they, a woman. People were still clamoring for them to come yeah. back. And I just think it's just so ridiculous that. Yeah. Jared Porter's going to be out of baseball now, but these guys still get these opportunities to, to come back. Talent. And let's face it, sure. what these guys did is a, not one is worse, but these guys did was a million times worse. Well, let's Jared talk Porter about did. what Greg Hardy did. I mean, give me a break. You uh, want to really get into what he did. Hey, listen. That was torturous, what he did to his girlfriend. Go look at Brian Giles. It was on camera. It's terrible. And I'm not saying Domingo Herman should be respected for what he did. I'm not saying that. But everybody deserves a second chance. And Domingo Herman was one of the best young pitchers in baseball before he got into trouble a couple of years ago. He was doing great for the Yankees. He was the Yankees' best starter before everything happened. And then the Yankees lost him for the playoffs, and it affected them going into the playoffs. So hopefully Domingo Haman has put that behind him, and the Yankees have an opportunity. Some of these pitchers have to really show up. Like you said, Talon, who a lot of people 
uh, liked the move from the Yankees from Pittsburgh. This guy was a top pick. Him and Garrett Cole are very good friends. They're best friends. They grew up together in the farm system of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now they're playing together on the same team. Maybe this helps Taylor. Maybe it turns him back into the player that a lot of people thought they that he was going to be from the Pittsburgh Pirates. And maybe the Yankees really hit gold with Taylor. So the Yankees are in a good position. There's some question marks for the Yankees. As far as the Mets and, and the Braves, the Braves are going to be a good team. Everybody knows they brought they brought back Ozuna. Their pitching staff is good, especially the relief pitching. What we saw last year, some of the young pitchers that they have. And- I'm surprised they haven't brought Shane Green back yet, though. That's well, me because he was one of their better relievers last year. So I'm surprised he hasn't gotten a contract even. Well, it's, it's all about money and money talks, and I, I think Shane Green wants a lot of money, and he'll get it. Somebody's going to give it to him. If it's not them, it'll be somebody else that's going to be looking for relief pitching sometime early in the season, maybe in spring training if somebody gets hurt. So I think that the Braves are going to be a very very dangerous team. Freeman, if they stay healthy, they're as good and as talented of a lineup as any team in baseball. Nobody can argue that. Acuna is, to me, again, going to be an MVP candidate over and over and over again. I'd be really upset if I was Acuna. Josh, because after Tatis got that $346 million contract for 14 years, after two years, and this guy signs a $100 million extension for, what was it, four or five years? And he hasn't even stayed healthy a full season. It's, it's unbelievable. It's it really is. Uh, I wouldn't say he has to fire his agent, but that's, be right there. that sticks out like a sore thumb. It's the Braves and the Mets in that division. You could go tit for tat between the two lineups. Arguably, you could make the case that the better lineups in baseball. It comes down to the bullpens, which the Braves had a pretty good bullpen last year, and the Mets have improved their bullpen in starting rotation. The Mets just signed Taiwan Walker. I mean, that just deepens... The rotation, I mean, he, Taiwan Walker would be a number three on most teams. He's going to be the number five starter for the Mets, and they're going to move David Pearson to the bullpen properly, which is going to help their depth. It's hard to believe bullpen. when you told me that that was the guy that your father loved, the acquisition. Go look at the – hey, I thought he was crazy too when he said it, but then he sent me the numbers of Walker. He's consistently has pretty much a three or eight every single year, and he's always producing, which is a weird thing because he doesn't throw very hard. He throws a lot of off speed, which is an interesting thing. Corey Kluber, Yankee fans. It's crazy that Taiwan Walker, who... who, Oh, my God. Luke Voigt hit home runs at a batting practice. Corey Kluber's done. That's Yankee fans. It's just crazy that... Go look at the number. Taiwan Walker was one of the reasons the Toronto Blue Jays got to the playoffs last year was they traded for him at the deadline. And he helped surge the Blue Jays to the playoffs. And the Mets got him. And it just it adds to more depth to a rotation that's going to get Syndergaard back. That just got Carrasco. That has DeGrom. The rotation is going to be very good. The bullpen is still, look, there's question marks still. But I think I they, don't think, I think this is the strongest bullpen I, we've I, seen I, in the I Mets think when you have Trevor, Ma- and you know what it is though too, is everybody's clamoring for more free agents to be signed for the Mets. Look, the Mets have to start having their own players produce. They signed Sam McWilliams, the kid who was in, the minors his whole career. They gave him a major league deal. They clearly find something that's going to be good. Drew Smith was once a very top-notch, talented relief pitching prospect. He's a guy that I'm a big fan of. And I think when you look at Trevor May, and they got Loop from Tampa last year who had a very good year, and you have Diaz who had a very good year last year, sky's the limit for both the Mets and the Braves. Uh, and I agree with you. I think the Padres are a little high. Overrated. I still what think What would your five rankings be? Dodgers one, Yankees two, Braves three, Mets four, St. Louis Cardinals five. Five over the... Pu- yes. 
Cardinals are always good. Yeah, they are. It's and now a, they added well, Nolan well, Arenado. Well, well, don't they call I mean, it, what's it called? The Cardinal way? Yeah. Isn't that what it is? It's the Cardinal way. And I mean, they have I, a very I, good farm system. I would say what you said, too. I just, I, I'm just not a big U Darvish fan, though. That's really what it is with me. I'm not a fan of him at all. I think he's so overrated, Darvish. To me, he doesn't pitch well in big games. You saw it in the World Series a couple of years ago. He's just a guy. And I have to really see how Blake Snell handles after this World Series. They give it re- Some of these guys, it affects their psyche. Mm. Is this World Series going to affect him? He still talks about it. Seems like everybody that leaves Tampa Bay is <laughs> never the same. That's, that's it. Guess who Tampa brought back, by the way? Oh, Michael Walker? No, Archer. <laughs> they brought Archer they back. Bring, and I tell you, I love that move. Mm. Watch <laughs> it become a star again. Remember, though, he had thoracic outlet. Remember, Matt Harvey had that, and mm. so did Jaime Garcia had it. Mm. Those guys have not been able to come back from it, so it's a tough surgery to come back from. But I would say what you said. Dodgers and Connors kind of flip. I'll give the Braves over the Mets because they got to the NLCS last year. Dodgers, Yankees, I'll give one and two. Watch out for the Cardinals. I mean, you put Nolan Arenado with uh, Paul Goldschmidt. In that lineup, in the middle of that lineup, the best third baseman and the best first baseman in baseball. It's their pitching after Jack Flaherty. They have such a good farm system. They They could bring in. They do, but the thing is, though, is even the last couple of years, they always find somebody that's going to pitch well for them. The the thing is, though, other than Jack Flaherty, who am I really? Who am I going with in that? We'll see. They're a very good organization. They cannot find bullpen. They can't find a closer. They Mm. can't find bullpen arms at all. They've been trying for years. They're trying to turn Carlos Martinez into one. Mm. He should be more of a starter, by the way. He's too talented to be a a bullpen pitcher. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to get into some basketball conversation. The New York Knicks playing at the top of their game. They're, what, two games out of fourth place in the Eastern Conference? You talk about Tom Thibodeau. Did you bet on that this year? Uh, Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, I did. Nobody I, did. I, I, ask Beatty. Did you actually put real money on it? Yes, I did. No, you did. I bet. Uh, yes, I do. In the beginning of the season, you actually bet money on the Knicks. Yes. Finishing top what did I tell you? What did I tell you? No, 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 no. But did you actually put actual of your money? No, I said the Knicks. That's were gonna, what I asked. I said the Knicks were going to make the playoffs. What did I say? The over under I said was twenty one wins. Mm. They're going to win more than twenty. Whoa, they yeah. might be a top four seed. Yeah, it's it's crazy. If they go top four, Tom Thibodeau should be coach of the year. Well, it's a possibility. <laughs> Not I, Steve Nash. Well, Steve Nash doesn't belong there. I, I mean, I could have coached. I could coach the Brooklyn Nets. If I don't I even think to. Steve Nash could still coach the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I think a dead bunny rabbit can po- coach the Brooklyn Nets or somebody. I, I somebody stupid could probably coach the Brooklyn Nets. But nevertheless, uh, so it's going to be hire Derek Fisher. Is what you're saying? Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that either. <laughs> when we come back, we'll get into some basketball conversation here on the Weekend Crunch. As you guys know, yes, Speedy, you do know, this is a Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Joshua, a.k.a. Little J. Silverberg. Little J. Little now J. I can respond. I'm not Little J. Little J. Enough <laughs> of this garbage. <laughs> and on the board, as always, the great and powerful world of nothing, Speedy <laughs> Beatty. You're a terrible person. As you guys know, the Weekend Crunch is live every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time. Only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. And by the way, our show, if the Islander games are live on Saturday at 7 p.m., our show is played right after the Islander game at about 10.15, 10.30 after a couple of the press conference. So if you're an Islander fan, after the game, you can tune in to us and listen to the craziness of this show. That's for sure. That's, yeah. 
It's an understatement. Well, it is an understatement, <laughs> but, you know, I have uh, underwear on. So also, by thing. the way, Speedy, I love you, so don't worry. Okay? What, what do you mean? So you're telling me, you're telling me that I don't love him? Well, when you give him the introductions of, that you do of him. Well, my introductions <laughs> to you. I mean, I call you Little J. Which, by the way, I can now defend it because there's no, you know, I'm entering. Well, you can't defend it because you are Little J. You, no. you are, yes. There's a, there's a lot of little things about you. That's for sure. So we'll just call you Little JJ. How's that sound? Does I don't want to argue sound? this anymore. No, it's, it's a good name for you. It really does. It fits you. But I will say this. Me and Josh were actually taking care of some interesting things today. To set up for his wonderful wife's beautiful birthday party. And I actually helped him out. She has no idea. No, she doesn't. It's an awesome thing. Yep. So it's going to be very interesting tomorrow to uh, impress her with the great and powerful Errol popping out of the bushes. (laughs) something nobody wants. You are bringing entertainment, though. I am. I am entertaining. I mean, look at me. I'm as entertaining as a bunny rabbit coming out of a hat. I love bunny rabbits. So you don't love me? I do love you, but I love rabbits, though. So you're going to take a rabbit over me? (laughs) You see this, Speedy? He's going to take a rabbit over me. Thank you. That ice pick, man, doing that ice pick with the wheelbarrow. I know for a fact you thought I was going to drop that snow three or four times when I was wheeling. I wasn't carrying that. That with my neck. Anyways, the All-Star game is right around the corner. It's about a week away. Is that what it is? You get to see Charles Barkley. and Slam dunk contest, though. Obi Toppin Toppin has decided to uh, enter. You were ecstatic. Very happy. You made me rewind. Very happy. Wait, what is that on the ticker? I want to see that. I want to see this kid, man. I haven't had a chance to see him this year because he doesn't play a Enough, and this is what this kid is all about. He'll tear his ACL when he does. Hopefully it. not. <laughs> this kid, uh, he is going to be so exciting to watch because everybody knows who his father is. This guy was an all-time end one type of dunk man, and, and Obi Toppin. He is one of those guys that he's fun to watch. He's athletic. I am sure he has some things up his sleeve that's going to really impress. A lot of fans out there, things that you've never seen before. I think he's going to be a fantastic dunker, and I'm telling you right now, he's my pick. I'm going to put all my money on Obi Toppin. Well, what's the field? Well, I don't know what the field is. <laughs> I, mean, I don't have to know. Don't... I'm taking him. Well, now, I want to ask you quick about the dunk contest. Should If they screw up at the one time, you know how they let them redo it over and over and over and over, get mm-hmm. a million times? Yes. Should they let them do that? No. Enough already. You get three times. Clearly, if you didn't do it the first two times, you're going to try it a third time. It's clearly not going to work. Well, sometimes it does because we've seen third it. times the charm. Well, we've seen garbage. people on the third time do but it. But it's not the same anymore. It loses its spice. It when does. You don't do it after the first. Well, it time. depends on what kind of dunk it is. No, but I'm saying. I mean, if you're going to do a backflip and you're going to dunk, I mean, I've never seen that before. I can't wait to see somebody do like a front flip and dunk. I've never seen that. I mean, before. obviously Vince Carter had his moments. Of oh. course, he was the best dunker. Yeah, Kobe Bryant jo- did. Jordan. Kobe Bryant too. Kobe Bryant did. Yeah. Dwight Howard had a fun one. Tracy McGrady. Serge Ibaka had a fun yeah. one. Uh, Blake Dominique Griffin. Wilkins. Blake Griffin over the car. Yep. And, and obviously, we know about Dwight Howard, Superman. So, yeah. And Nate Robinson. He won it three times. Oh, he only won it because of his The height. knockout king. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Poor Nate. I, I, still, <laughs> I feel I, bad for him. I still think Snoop Dogg's singing his prayers. Oh, man. <laughs> That's terrible what happened to him, man. I haven't heard anything from him uh, since he'd been knocked you, out. Once that happened, you knew you weren't going to hear from him. Oh, man. He was going to hide for a while. You knew you – what did you expect? He was going up against a professional fighter. No, he wasn't. Paul is not a professional and fighter. He still has more experience than Nate oh, Yeah, but Paul is not a professional fighter. As a matter of fact, he's a waste Didn't of he challenge case. McGregor? He's supposed to fight Floyd Mayweather, and that was canceled, oh. I think. But to me, it's worthless. And his brother's fighting, too. I don't know.
They're trying to put money in their pockets. But you going into the All-Star you know, weekend, you look at some of these teams and what really stands out so far this season. And Utah Jazz, it really sticks out. Donovan Mitchell has been fantastic. Rudy Gobert, both players make the team. They're not starters. They're bench players. But these two guys are sensational players. I don't know how Donovan Mitchell is not starting. Jordan Clark is probably going to landslide, I think, to win six man of the year right now. It's crazy. The Utah Jazz, with the depth that they have, they have the coach of the year right now. They're very well defensively coached. But you're, it's also their home court, too. Good luck beating them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I still think they're beatable. If the Lakers get healthy, the Lakers are going to be hard to beat. Yeah, I mean, it, the depth also, that they have. But look at the depth the Jazz have. The Lakers are a championship competitive team. And the Jazz are too. No, they're not. They're They've never gone to a championship. So you're saying like they're like the Denver Nuggets of last year. Like, I think they're better than the oh, Denver Nuggets. Well, the Nuggets shouldn't even have been there. The Clippers just collapsed. Well, the Nuggets are a pretty good team. No, They've got good, a lot of depth. No, they're a good team, but the Clippers, let's face it, the Clippers are 3-1. to one Jokic collapsed. is right now, it, if you were to pick who the MVP right now in the league is, some people would take Jokic. Jokic has been the best all-around player. I mean, he's averaging almost a triple-double. This is a big man. He's averaging 29 points, and he's shooting threes by the clip. Michael Porter's getting better, too. Oh, uh, Michael Porter's healthy. a good player. Now he's got to stay healthy. You know what it was? That's what it his back. It was his back in college. He's having back surgery in college. People were concerned about it. He's never going to be 100% healthy, and that's why you have to be careful how many minutes you play. The Western Conference has so much depth, but the things that really stick out so far during this season, the Knicks have really stuck out there, the number one defense in all of the NBA. It's crazy. But in almost every statistic, the Knicks are number one in those areas. And that's why the Knicks are two games out of fourth place. Crazier that it sounds that the Knicks were the second or third worst team in the Eastern Conference last year, and now all of a sudden, they're all the way at possibly, I think they're five or six. I think it's a game and a half for a game now because Indiana lost to Boston it's last cr- night. I, I don't even know because the Eastern Conference is so close. The Knicks could be in sixth place one get, one day and f- fifth place the next. I don't think anybody before the season had the New York Knicks possibly finishing no. as the fourth seed and have, possibly having home court. Yeah, the, Knicks, the Knicks are right now tied tied with the Heat and the Celtics five through seven right now. They're technically in the seventh so spot how, at the moment. So how far back are they of the of Indiana? They're actually above Indiana because Indiana uh, four eighty four winning so percentage versus four. They're one game out of fourth place. So who's the fourth place team? Toronto, Toronto. is fourth right now. Oh. half a game up on the and they're going to trade and, Lowry and they're going to trade Lowry probably to Philadelphia. Half a game up right now on the Heat, Celtics, and Knicks. Well, that's crazy. It, it, it's it's really Miami crazy. still scares you. They got to get right. They're playing good they right gotta, now. I, Miami's been hot. I think they had to get their footing because of it was such a short offseason. Well, Butler for them, and now that Butler's playing like Jimmy Butler is, and, and of course you have all their players that they. I mean, it was Bam a short Adebayo. season. Yeah, but they have Bam. They have Bam, They have too much talent. Bam and Abayo. I am not a big fan of Bam. I, I never was. And then they the, overpaid him. Um, One hundred ninety million dollars or something like that. Who's the kid that stood out from them from Kentucky? It was Tyler Hero. Tyler yeah, Hero's yeah. been phenomenal. And then listen. Eric Spolstra is still a really good coach. Oh, he's, the, he's, he's a, probably the best coach in the Eastern Conference. Him or Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens is a great coach. And, and beware of the Celtics. You say whatever so you want. So not Steve Nash. No. <laughs> no. He's the worst coach in the NBA. <laughs> he's terrible. He's, he's as bad coach. as Steve Kerr. Is he worse than Tyron Lue? Oh, he's terrible. <laughs> Tyron Lue, I've never liked Tyron Lue. Is he worse, than, never, is he worse than Derek Fisher? Yes. Wow! No way. That's pretty low. Yes. That's pretty low. That's pretty low. I mean, could you imagine? 
that's think the, about it. If Derek Fisher was coaching this Nets team, you don't think they'd be as good as they are? He's busy trying to figure out Matt Barge's girlfriend. Probably. <laughs> Maybe your wife. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, well, you know what? I he goes this. after people's wives, their girlfriends. Something happened with Tim Hardaway. Did you hear about that? Tim Hardaway Jr.? And he was hanging out with Tim Hardaway Jr.'s girlfriend or something Isn't like he, that? He's still dating Matt Barnes' girlfriend. I though. think so. Yeah. He was yeah, back he's, and forth with that Barnes' well, girlfriend. He's got, he's got to take it easy. Well, he's got to slow his roll there. I mean, he doesn't hold back, that's for sure. He's coaching in the, uh, I think he's coaching in the WBA now. Oh, ooh. He's jumping over hurdles. By the way, really quick, I know we're not going to talk about this. Okay. You, know, you know Dowell Logan's actually got hired? Really? By Penn State. Mm, he's an offensive uh, analyst. Good for him. He got a job for Adam Gasted. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Cuckoo Eyes is not going to have a job for a very long uh, time. He had his opportunity. That was the easiest job on the planet, being offensive coordinator of Alabama. Adam, Adam Gasted was hired with some FCS football <laughs> team. No, it's it was amazing. Bill O'Brien or Adam Gase? Who do I pick? <laughs> well, Bill O'Brien, of course. But uh, it, it, and that's not saying much either. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Another guy that destroyed an organization. Should have stayed at Penn State. It, it's so fun to watch the Western Conference because you're watching the Suns, the Utah Jazz, the Denver How Nuggets. good is Phoenix is such an under-the-radar team, man. Well, everybody knew that Chris Paul going over there was going to solidify what the team was. Chris Paul. I didn't. I did. And I now didn't. you see why. Well, you see why? The Knicks are this. almost in fourth place. I know that, but look. Do you need Chris imagine, Paul right now? Imagine him with Julius Randle. Could you imagine if he was there? Emmanuel Quigley probably wouldn't have been drafted. No, he still would have been drafted. I don't think so. You don't need another guard if you bring in another he guard. Of would have, he would have developed under him. That's I, the point. Emmanuel Quigley is a shooting guard. Okay. So then he should be playing the two then. No, I, I don't think they would somebody have drafted to, him. Somebody takes to take Reggie Bullock out of the starting lineup already. For, please. Why? He's a good shooter. Oh, my God. He's a good three-point shooter. Yeah, good off the bench. That's 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 fine. He's not a good starter. Listen, it doesn't matter who starts. It's who finishes. Everybody says that. Let me ask you. Listen to Tom Thibodeau when he talks after after the game. Should Steve Novak have been a starter then? He was a good three-point shooter. No. So that's where Reggie Bullock is. But he also finished. Does Reggie Bullock finish? No, he doesn't. He's never so on the he court. He should absolutely never be a starter. Well, nah, stop. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. Speedy, is that a bad comparison? Steve You're not going to start a rookie. You're Reggie, not. Reggie Emmanuel Quickly is not going to start. Epic. Yeah, yeah, he does. You're not going to start Emmanuel Quickly. He was the 25th pick in the draft. Next year, he'll start. He I should. guarantee you he will. Well, Derek Rose is doing a good job having him under his watch. Oh, absolutely. He said nothing but great things about him and Obi Toppin. I love Derrick Rose. I love Derrick Rose. I think that was a great move by the New York Knicks. He's a leader, and he'll be here for another year. He's still under contract, so the Knicks are going to have him for at least another year. And under Tom Thibodeau's offense and and what he's trying to do with some of these young players, they're only going to get better under Derrick Rose. You're looking at the Western Conference. It can go either way. I really still believe the Lakers are the best team in the Western Conference. When healthy, with AD and with the depth that they have, they're going to be very hard to beat. If AD is anywhere close to healthy going into the playoffs, they're I'd coming out of the Gobert West. I Davis. I want to because Gobert can play defense. He I hasn't think. stopped Davis ever, and he won't stop him now. Anthony Davis is, to me, a top three player in the league when 100% healthy. Yeah. Who's going to argue that? No, you can't. And you have two of the top three players on one team. You have LeBron James, who I still think is the number one player in the league, who makes everybody around him better. And I would say you can argue it's Kawhi Leonard at two, Kevin Durant two, and then Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Davis before then? No. Because Maybe some Durant. people would take oh, those I two guys okay. at two. Okay. 
But I think, my opinion, Anthony Davis is the, th- the third best player in the league. The best all-around player, in my eyes, besides LeBron James. Shout out to Julius Randle for making his first all-star team, by the Absolutely. way. Absolutely. And, and he deserves it. And a nice it. message from his mom that they did on the board um, that night. Too bad they lost to Golden State that night. But well, she said she wasn't going to use the paddle. <laughs> <laughs> God. Sorry, Julius. And on but... that note. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's been a really, really fun half season right now for the New York Knicks. Even the Brooklyn Nets. Well, I know a lot of... Gonna, both teams are going to make the playoffs. Yeah, right now. Yeah, it looks like it. We'll see what happens in the second half of the season. But it's been really, really fun. It, it's, it's been very intriguing to watch some of the development of some of these young players from the Knicks. And then you get the opportunity to look on the other side of the river and watch Kyrie the Flat Irvin play basketball, and I say flat because he thinks the earth is flat. And then you have Kevin Durant, who right now is not 100%, but he has been sensational. Uh, Absolutely unbelievable. I've never seen a guy come back from an Achilles injury of this magnitude and play as well as he has. And then James Harden, who I think is the the heart and soul of that Nets team right now. As crazy that it may sound. We thought he'd be the third wheel. Yeah. Well, he is the third wheel. He's admit he's the third wheel. He admits he's the third wheel, but he's not the third wheel. Yeah, I... Kyrie Irving's the third wheel. As far as he's concerned, he's the third wheel. He may want to say he is, but he's saying it to be nice. Kyrie Irving's the third wheel. It's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens in the second half. Who cares what happens in the All-Star game? Obi Toppin kicks some ass at that slam dunk contest. That's all I want to see. And I want to see Emmanuel quickly play in the rookie challenge because I think him and Obi Toppin will be fun to watch. I want to see both those guys play against some of the young players in the league. Anyways, when we come back, some football conversation. Free agency. For the New York Jets and the New York Giants, but not only free agency, Russell Wilson wants out. And I have my opinions on where he can go when we come back here on the Weekend Crunch. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co host, Joshua Silverberg, and on the board, Speedy Petey. As always, remember you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network. Brought to you by New York Sports Scene Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Guys, download the World Wide Sports Radio app by going to WWSRN on iOS, which is Apple, and go to Android if you don't have the... Innocent, crazy, disturbing phone of iOS like Speedy does. You can go to the great and powerful phone of mine, Samsung and Android, and go to the Android store and put in Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Check out our beautiful website, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, there you go. Hit it. WorldwideSportsRadio.com. Speedy, you hear hear how low he is? It's just like a low tone, you know. uh, What are you, you, like an old man or something? You're trying to speak? Didn't your friend Eric say I sounded like an old man, too? You do. I don't even have You sound like a little bit of an old man, but that's okay. We love you. You're definitely something that stands out for this show, and you're interesting. That's for sure. (laughs) Anyways, I want to get into some football conversation. And and, and to me, this has been a crazy offseason. The offseason hasn't even started yet. I was going to say it hasn't even started yet. It hasn't even started. March 17th is technically the new season. I only remember that because I remember when the Jets signed Le'Veon Bell, the draft was... That was literally after they got Adam Gase. That was when Adam Schefter went on ESPN and literally said, hold on, (laughs) hold on a second. He, like, stopped and Scott Pett was like... Oh, we get breaking news on our air. Look mm. at this. Speaking of Adam <laughs> Schefter, I mean, he's... The man more, can't make up his mind. No, he goes from one place to another with Deshaun Watson. What's going on with this man? It comes down to literally the point of it is this. Nobody knows anything. The New York Jets are keeping it very tight 
Thank okay. God. Finally. I will say, if you see Woody Johnson's uh, t- Twitter feed, he's posting nonstop about the Jets way more than normal. And weeks ago, he said the Jets had no shot. Now he comes on, I think it was like the Michael K show, and said, the Jets are right there to get him if the Texans wanted the package. And I'm like, Rich Sabini, I said it last week. He changed his decision three different times. I t- uh-huh. Remember I called you? He said, the Jets aren't going to do this. The Jets are going to do this. Now the Jets are going to Like, nobody knows anything except for Joe, Joe Douglas, Douglas Ro- and Robert Sala. Yeah, I think the only jo- two that know. I think Joe Douglas is the only person that knows what he is doing. I think right he's got to keep Sala in the loop, of course. Well, nothing's happening, so why does he have to keep him in a loop when because he's ready again, to decide what he wants to do? Because he's still the head coach, and he still has to be able to make sure that But he doesn't he's know doing... what he's doing yet. He doesn't know what he's doing yet. So how would no, but... he tell and go down and tell because Robert Because I'm sure Sala. he's engaging with Sala, and he's, he's probably telling Rob, he's probably saying, okay, we're making these decisions. Where do you see best rate? Do we go with Sam? Do we go with Zach Wilson? You're hearing the reports that they might trade down the four with Atlanta and get more picks and maybe work around Sam. Personally, I think you could just draft Justin Fields then and they have a rookie quarterback. Just think, if you pick, trade down two spots to you, go to you Atlanta. Could get, you could get Fields and you could still trade Donald. You could get a first. Quarterback. You could get a first and possibly a third. By the way, Mel Kuyper, then Jets are not drafting Kyle Pitts. (laughs) Come on. Listen, Kyle Pitts. Not at four. He's a great talent. If the New York Jets draft the tight end at fourth overall with all their needs is a serious problem. No, I don't think they're doing that. (laughs) I don't think they're doing that. They can't. No. I I don't think they're drafting a quarterback if they're trading down. I'll tell you that right now. I know. I don't think they would either. I think they would probably take Sewell, the kid from Northwestern. I actually think they – He might go to the Bengals. The kid from Northwestern is – he's starting to to jump over Sewell in the rankings now. Mm. People are like it because he played in the Big Ten and they more Big Ten heavy offensive linemen. Even if they go at four, if they draft a four. Patrick Sertain. The Jets can really solidify themselves. They could trade down at four and then trade down again and just keep overstocking. You still can get the player that you want. He did it last year. Remember they they traded down. Not in the first round. No, in the second round, no, and they traded down. They got Denzel Mims still. No. They, they trade that. He traded on twice. But if you trade twice in the first round, you can solidify oh, and get two first-round draft picks. Then, of course. At that point, you're now starting to believe that Donald's going to be the guy. Then at that point, it's done. I still think that the Jets believe that Sam Donald is the guy. If I they don't. can build around him, I do. I, I mean, don't. everything that I've read, I, I do not believe that Joe Douglas believes this kid cannot win in New York. I do believe that he fits New it's York. not his guy, though. It it's doesn't matter. It's not guy either. If it's not your person that you draft, or it's not— That doesn't matter. You're building. That's what you're doing. I know you're building, but Errol, at the same time, what you're doing is this— Ryan Tannehill. You're putting your stamp on your team. If he's not your guy, nobody wants that because they want to be able to say, I'm the smartest guy in the room. So I'm going to pick who I want, and that would be Zach Wilson, or they trade for Deshaun Watson. That's fine. Tannehill got completely exposed Mm -hmm. in in the playoffs. Yeah, he got exposed because all he had was a running back. Well, Brown's good, too. A.J. Brown had a great season, too. They had no defense. Their defense was horrible. But here's the difference, though. That was somebody that Tennessee signed. So, therefore, they're trying to fix that. Darnold is not a guy that both the head coach and the gym. And, by the way, the owner that's back wasn't even here when they drafted him. So, that's three people in that room. That did not draft him. So the you just want to give up on him. It's not about giving up on him. I'm, I know. I'm I'm being realistic. Speedy, am I right or wrong? Speedy, how many times do organizations in the NFL want to put their stamp on something and think they're the smartest people in the room and they want their person that they pick to be the guy? Not from a 23 year old kid who hasn't really had a chance. Would you to let Speedy answer his question too often? That's what I'm telling you. 
if Salah, Douglas, and Woody Johnson Speedy, did if not you were the him, if you were the GM of the team, would you give Sam Donald an opportunity to build around him? If the <laughs> offer for the number two pick is phenomenal, I'll keep him. Mm, I will say yes. this. How about this though? He has another mediocre year. With the draft next year not being as nowhere near as good as Who the draft cares? is this year, then the Jets are screwed then. No, how are they screwed? Because they're not going to have a quarterback period. Then you got to give them a $25 million option. Are you If we're talking me? about trading down and, get, and adding and solidifying more first Look, I drafts, hope you're right. You I want trade Darnold. out of that. I said that Darnold could be talented. I'm being realistic with you when I'm saying that it's not the coach and the GM that picked him. Mm-hmm. That's well, what I'm telling you. Well, that's fine. And I, I've, I've seen this before, and I really believe that this kid deserves a full year's chance with a new coach, uh, actually fine. a good coach in a good offensive coordinator in a good offense that fits him, where maybe if they draft and they bring in some free agents that fit Sam Donald's strengths, maybe Sam Donald can achieve all his goals Look, here in New York. I hope you're right, and I'm telling you this now. It would be a blessing if this happens. Because here's the thing. This saves the Jets a huge headache. In the NFL, people think they're smarter than everybody else. If they win a Super Bowl, I can't even imagine saying that. If the Jets win a Super Bowl, it's weird to say. With Sam Darnold, then people are going to look at back at Mike McCagden. They're going to say, Mike McCagden drafted that quarterback. Who cares? Oh, what is that? And, and, and Mike McCagden. Okay, so so, so Mike so Mike McCagden drafted that quarterback. Oh, and by the way, he didn't achieve anything when Mike McCagden was there. And Robert Sala and Joe Douglas actually put a team around him and won a million championship. Dollar option, though. Who cares? It's a lot of money. It's a lot you of money. You better hope he's. You better hope he's good. Twenty-five million is not more than forty million that a lot of quarterbacks are making. Deshaun Watson's a proven commodity. Uh, yeah, he's a proven commodity. No question that he is. And you're going to have to give away all your prospects. Or you so could I'm dra- not doing or, or you could draft Zach Wilson and just build around a rookie quarterback. And, and you heard what Quentin Williams says. He doesn't want to be traded. He wants to be a Jet for life. Thank God. And thank God for what? If you're going to trade for Deshaun Watson, you're going to have to trade a, a top end <clears> defensive player. And they're going to want him. Well, so again, I say Joe Douglas and Deshaun Watson would need to talk to Houston. Mm. Anyways, I did want to get into this Russell Wilson thing. Yes. There's stories coming out that Russell Wilson wants out of Seattle. And now you're looking at the four teams that he's mentioned. He mentioned the Bears, the Titans. There's three, Bears, Saints, Cowboys. And the Raiders were in there. And the Raiders. And the Jets. The Jets were brought no, up to it was disputed that. His chef that came out and said the Jets aren't involved. It was the three main teams that were the Saints, the Bears, and the Cowboys. The Saints don't have anything to trade for Russell the Wilson. The best team I think he would be – I know you argued the Bears. The Bears. But that, that's the not Bears the best team. They don't have an offensive line. He's going to the same Seattle Seahawks team. Well, he wants to go to the Bears. Their offensive line's just as bad or maybe even worse. Why would he go there? That doesn't make any sense. And then that bolts the interesting point is if you're... Yeah, bolts well that he's going to get killed. If you're the Cowboys... In Chicago. What do you do? The Cowboys make sense. Okay, it if you really had Ezekiel Elliott in the deal, good, and and, and, and they then, would, and they should, and then the Beef will probably say that he's better than Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch. I mean, <laughs> I mean I, I, I've heard it all. So. I will tell you this: if he goes to the Cowboys, Cowboys are instantly a Super Bowl contender. They'll be there, no matter what team Russell Wilson goes to. They become a Super Bowl contender because he's that good. He changes the dynamic of the team. Period. You're going to have to give a lot. The Cowboys are years old, though. You're talking about a Zeke. Dak and possibly two first round draft picks for him. Tell you what, like Russell Wilson, instantly becomes a Super Bowl contender. That's though. fine. Instantly becomes a Super Bowl contender with who? Who? Mike McCarthy. Oh my God! Run for your life. Well, look at the quarterbacks he's had over the years and how many championships. Can he's you won? really? Can you really? Screw, can you really screw up Russell Wilson at this point? It's not about screwing him up. It's about screwing the team up with a great quarterback. Who did they just hire as, as the defensive coordinator? Dan Quinn. That's that was a nice hire. Yes, I like Dan Quinn. I really do. 4-3 defense. 
Well, they needed anything was better than Mike Nolan's last year. They quit after week three. Dan Quinn is a good (laughs) defensive coordinator. Came from Hofstra. He's come from New York, the New Jersey's from the New Jersey area. So I, I like Dan Quinn. Just don't give him a big lead in the Super no, Bowl. No, don't give him a head coaching <laughs> job. Don't give him a head coaching job. But he's a good defensive. It's just like Todd Bowles. But I think Todd Bowles, when he gets his second chance, he's going to succeed. Yes, he he's going to coach Tampa after Aaron retires. I don't think so. After Aaron retires, he will be the next coach. I don't. I think I... He'll, he'll get a job next year. Yeah, I think Aaron's will retire after next year. I don't. I think Arians is going to oh, say Oh, no. I think Arians is going to do one more year. Uh, we'll one see. more year, and then I think I think at that point, Bowles will take over. This is lined up for him. I don't think so. I, I think Todd Bowles will go somewhere else. He'd be uh, an idiot if he did. I, you know who I think it, he's going to go to? Nope. Minnesota. After next year, Minnesota's going to be looking for a I think it's time, and I like Mike Zimmer, too. Yeah. I think it's time, though. He's He's been there for a long time. Uh, Minnesota likes to bring in defensive guys, and I think Todd Bowles would fit like a glove over there. I really do. And I think their defense would fit his culture and what he does. He does the 3-4. He is a 3-4 defensive guy. Who do they fit, and what do they fit? The 3-4 defense. I think Todd Bowles would be fit. He would fit perfectly over there. So he would fit is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> fit like a glove. You're an idiot. <laughs> you said fit that time. That well, so he fits. I don't say you know, but... Well, uh, you, know, uh, you know it fits. Uh, uh, well, better fit. You know, fit like Cinderella's ruby glass slipper. How's that sound? That's, oh, I guess. Uh-huh. Let's put a little more pizzazz. You look like you. Sebastian from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the, the crab? Yeah, you look like him. You know, you like crabs, right? Yeah, more of a lobster guy. Yeah, well, you like your lobster bisque, huh? Love the lobster bisque. Oh, I know you love everything, don't you? It's a certain people in this room. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, we will get into more football. I have my own thoughts with the Giants. And the one thing that I want to get into more than anything is, do the Giants re-sign Leonard Williams or do they let him go to free agency? That is a big question for where they're going to move forward with with this defense. So when we come back, some New York Giants conversation here on the Weekend Crunch. Joshua Silverberg's REO Speedwagon. Ho! <laughs> well, he's not a singer. No, As you guys not. know, this is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Joshua KKKK Little J Silverberg. And uh, on the board, as everybody knows, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can listen to the show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time, only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Yes. Did you like that? I did. I did. Enthusiastic. I, I, I gave a little enthusiasm. You, you know? little, um, do you want me to yodel? Do you no, want to hear that? I, no, I, I don't no, think you no, do. No, Maybe no. after the show. No, I don't even want to hear it then. How about I smack you around a couple of times? No, I don't even want you to touch me. Well, <laughs> I don't want to touch you either. I'm like, I'm even six I'll feet, let your I, wife I do that. I'm six feet near you at this point. <laughs> well, well, well. I did want to get into New York Giants. The Giants have been very, very quiet this offseason. And you talk about Judge, and, and I think Joe Judge has really proved that he can coach in this league, even though they only had six wins this year. Jason Garrett's back. Jason Garrett came back. I like Jason Garrett. Everybody knows I like Jason Garrett. Sorry. I think if Urban Meyer did not take that job, I think Jason Garrett was in the running for it. I've always said oh, that. Oh, once they got the number one pick, it was oh, Well, I really believe that Jason Garrett was on his way to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Giant fans were wishing. Uh, I, I don't know why. <laughs> They're not fans of him. Giants fans are not fans of him now. We loved him on the Cowboys because he screwed them up. Yeah, exactly. 
I don't understand why Giant fans don't like him. You look at the quarterback position, it's not his fault that Daniel Jones couldn't stay healthy this year. And Daniel Jones is his own problem. He's been his own problem since he's come into the league. The guy doesn't hold on to the ball. He drops the ball a lot. Even though this year he's fixed it up a little bit, and he has no weapons to throw to. Are you going to blame the offensive coordinator because he doesn't have the weapons to throw to? Their number one wide receiver is Slayton. And by the way, Giants fans trying to compare Slayton to Odell Beckham. What a joke. (laughs) He's not even close. He really is. And Golden Tate in the beginning of the season thinking that the Giants should be playing him more. And then him and his wife had to apologize. Joe Judge made Golden Tate apologize to the fans and the press for what he did. It was embarrassing. The Giants overpaid Golden Tate. Now, is Golden Tate a superstar wide receiver? He was never a superstar no. wide receiver. He was a great number two. Especially Comes from in the Seattle. Seattle Seahawks offense, which yeah. I have constantly said you can't trust their wide receivers. Well, Golden Tate was a good wide receiver in Notre Dame. And he was a good wide receiver even before Russell Wilson became a superstar. He helped Russell Wilson develop. He did. Or did Russell Wilson help him? And by the way, Golden Tate was very good in with the Lions. He was very he good was with, the with the Lions. He was better with the Lions than the Seahawks. Yeah, he was very good with the Lions. I think he was a pro Bowl player at least one or two years over there with the Lions. He was good with Matthew Stafford. So I know a lot of people look at Golden Tate. He's not going to stick out like Odell Beckham would or Travis Landry would or any one of these guys, the Julio Joneses of the world, or any of them. But the Giants this offseason have to find a wide receiver. It is so important Going into this offseason, a matter of fact, why not reach out to the Browns and maybe make a move for Odell Beckham? Maybe Odell Beckham oh, going back to New that. York. I why not? He's older. He's older. He's more mature. I think him going over there to New York again, they should have never traded him. I've said this over and over again. I remember when Mikey C was so excited and happy, jumping up for joy, and then he looked at the trade, and he says, ah, that's this not a bad trade. By the way, Jabril Peppers had a very good season. Yes, he did. This was the best season I've seen Jabril Peppers play, even as a Brown and as a Giants. And Speedy, I'm going to let you speak because I know you're a Giant fan, and a lot of Giant fans want to hear it from a Giant fan's voice. What do you think the Giants need to do this offseason to make themselves a playoff team in a very weak division in the NFC East? Two things I would stress uh, definitely for the Giants, one of which is a a big-name receiver, whether it comes in a trade like a big trade like that for Odell. I don't know how realistic that would be, but if that does happen, nice. Otherwise, in free agency, I want them to get a number one receiver. The other thing is a a linebacker, a coverage-type linebacker. They signed a nice tackling guy in Blake Martinez, who's a great run stopper, but he's an awful coverage guy. A nice guy to compliment him as a coverage guy, like a Matt Milano or a Zach Cunningham would be a good option. And an edge rusher. Because again, like I mentioned with the Jets, edge rushers are very limited in this draft, so free agency is where you're going to have to go and get them, whether it's somebody like Trey Hendrickson who's young, Carl Lawson, somebody like that. I think those would be the three areas I would look at. Allen Robinson. So, Speedy, who do you want with the Giants draft pick? I think realistically... Micah Parsons from Penn State, I think, is definitely an option. Everybody's talking yeah. about yes. I, But again, he's slipping on a lot of draft boards, which is why I think he could follow the Giants. The only team I could see them taking early, if they don't take Panay Sewell, is the Bengals, because they also could use a linebacker as well. But it's not a big need for a lot of the other teams in that top ten, so I can see him falling in that area. It's not really drafted as high as we've seen them, with the exception of Devin White. We haven't seen middle linebackers really drafted as high in recent drafts. Corner? So I, th- I think he could fall. Would you want a corner? 
Mm-hmm. No, I think they have enough corners right now. I think they're all right in that area. They don't need a corner. Because I just saw Macho. They have a pretty good they, secondary. No, because the they said that Sertan could go there. I wouldn't want Sertan that early. He's I, going to the Cowboys at 10. He should. He they, is. They were smart. They he needed is. everything they could to get yeah, back Yeah, Dallas there. desperately needs corners. There's a team that could afford to reach on it a little. The Beef wanted the safety, and he was, he oh. was willing to trade C.D. Lamb after getting him at number 17 for who? Xavier McKinney. <laughs> He's out of his damn mind. I, I don't know anybody in their wildest dreams would trade C.D. Lamb when he fell to you at 17 when he was a top five player on my board. He was a top three player on my board. Was, I think he was number six on my board last year, and I told the Beave on the phone. How did he fall to him at 17? Well, me, if it, we were both hypothetically GMs of each other's teams. I'll give you McKinney for C.D. Lamb in a heartbeat. We should. I think when we do the draft show this year, I think – are we doing a board? We yes, should. Yes, we'll have a board. We should. We'll have a board. I think we should each have our own. A virtual board board that'd be fun you know i i would love to get the beef in the studio and and just (laughs) just to see what his board is all about (laughs) (laughs) it'd be like a a dog drooling (laughs) he'll be panting (laughs) he won't even be paying attention to draft he'll be paying attention to her (laughs) you want her on (laughs) i think the three of us watch enough college football where we could have our own draft boards and and do it. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think it'd be engaging. I think it would be fun where we could see our prospects ranking wise. Because I think we could be very different with some of our. With this year's draft, it's going to be very unique and very different. Well, that's why it makes it fun. Because I know I... You, like, you like Fields more than Wilson. I think Panay Sue is going to fall. He might fall to seven or eight. Yeah, the Northwestern tackle looks to be ahead of him now. Not only because of that, I just think that this draft is so interesting and so intriguing where some players can move up because there's no combine. You're doing pro days. You can see these guys one-on-one on the pro day, and, and they could play better than actually doing the combine, racing against other people. Because if you really look at it, every time you go up to that line, you're racing not only against yourself, you're racing the other people because you're trying to beat them. You're trying to beat their times. You don't have to look at that when you're on your pro day. All you got to worry about is what time you're running, how many bench presses you're going to put up. I hate the combine so much. It's so You really overrated. don't like it? I hate it. It's so overrated. I like watching I'll it because prime I get to know that. some of the players a little bit better. Yeah, I would know some of them. I could give you one player that I wish we that we didn't know that had a thriving combine. Who's that? Vernon Golston. Mm-hmm. The combine guru. So Can't miss. Best on. thing coming. Do you remember Milliner? <laughs> he was great, I'm too. I forget that name. He's no longer in the I uh, NFL. So, I remember watching that draft. I was, when, the, when, when Oakland got McFadden. And then he was a bust. Atlanta got Ryan. I was so upset because I knew the Jets were going to take Golston, and I wanted the guy didn't turn out great. It was I wanted Leotis McKelvin, hmm. and no, thank God we didn't get him. Either. Well, he was he was good the first few years. <laughs> he was better than Golston. He was better was than Golston. Everybody, yeah. speedy. Everybody better, was better or than not? Vernon first Golston. of all, better better or not, it doesn't really matter because. Being better than somebody, he wasn't a good pro player. He wasn't a good player. It doesn't matter if he was better. Anybody, I was better than Galston. I didn't even have to step on a football field. He had four tackles his whole career. How about his first ever career sack that he got? He got called for face mask and they took it away. <laughs> it was Vernon Sounds, right. career. sounds like the Jets. It yeah. sounds like Vernon Galston's career in a nutshell. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> but to look at the Giants and what the Giants – Allen Robinson st- sticks out to me. They just got to really be able does. to pay him. I they don't will. Know, what is their cap space? They have Do cap they space. Have cap money? They have they're, cap they're space. above average. I think they were projected to be 14th or something in cap space. They and have the they, money. And they could, they could shed guys because they have a lot of uh, big contracts from the 2017 draft. If they get rid of Engram and Tomlinson from that draft, they'll have even more. Speedy, are you owing on, on Daniel Jones? No. Okay. <laughs> he's, I am never, he's never been. Nope. 
I still think Daniel Jones, if you put the right guys in front of him and the right players around uh, him, nope. he, could, he could play. Nope. I'm sorry. A lot of people, again, they don't give this kid a chance because you didn't put the right players around him. How do you expect this kid to succeed? He hasn't had Saquon Barkley for a whole season. He hasn't had a wide receiver, a number one wide receiver. By the way, he don't even have a number two wide receiver. He's just like Sam. How do you expect this kid to succeed? But I do remember his rookie season with the crap that he has had. He had four 400-yard games, which he's only one of, what, two players to ever do that or three players to ever do that? When you put players around him, he will succeed. You don't expect these guys to develop when you have nothing to throw to. Even Russell Wilson, you say whatever you want, he made all these guys better. These guys were athletic players that can go up and get the ball. Nobody on this giant team, and I don't want to hear about Slayton. This guy is not a number one. He's not a number two. He's a number three. Speedy, because I want to ask him, because he is a giant fan. Andrew Thomas, are we going to wipe the slate clean after a bad rookie year? His second half, he was no. Good. His second half was okay. good enough, and he still was a good run blocker. He just was a, a iffy pass. But he's blocker. probably in, in in that tackle draft. He was probably he's third. the worst one. Yeah, you can't really change that now. But in terms of progression as a player, he definitely progressed in the second half of the season. And I think all year, even when he was bad as a pass blocker, he was still good as a run blocker. There was only two offensive tackles that really stood out in that draft. And that's Mackay Beckham and Worth. The kid that uh, the Browns brought in, Jedrick Wills. He, he's good. He was but good, yeah. But. He's not. He didn't stick out like Mackay Beckham. He was dominant at some points. You right. you, you saw the dominance of what he could. Worth was a borderline like all pro guy, yeah. one of the best tackles in the entire and league. That was, that was actually the guy I wanted, and they took I, Becton. Instead, I was I'm very happy. With, with I was Mekhi fine. Beckton. No, I'm fine with Beckton, but I was upset at the time because I thought Worth with the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Usually, Big Ten right. tackles always turn out to be really good players. Yeah. He's so fast for his size, too. Oh, my God. You see him at oh, mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. He was all over the field. He's yeah. faster, than some of, he's faster yeah. than everybody. It's unbelievable, these offensive tackles and what they can do now. It's really amazing. Kai Beckton can outrun me in a race, and he weighs 300 pounds. He can out- <laughs> you know, put speed on his shoulders, and he can outrun you. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, oh, that's not saying man. much. It isn't. But anyways, <laughs> when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to get into this sport. I am a big hockey fan. We're going to get into some hockey conversation. The New York Islanders and the New York Rangers, two teams that weren't playing well a couple of weeks ago. Well, their games are starting to change. When we come back, we will get into some Ranger and Islander conversation here on the Weekend Crunch. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host. Joshua Silverberg, he's sitting and he's relaxing, trying to figure out what he's about to say, which is probably half the time. And as you guys know, on the board, as always, Mr. Speedy Petey. Remember, you can listen to a show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Download the World Wide Sports Radio app and listen to all our great shows during the week. And read our fabulously great articles (laughs) only on our website and on our app. All you have to do is go to iOS, which is WWSRN or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, we've been talking a lot about hockey, the Rangers and the Islanders. And this week, this is probably the first time I've seen this, that the Rangers and the Islanders whipped the Boston Bruins behind. You look at 
what the Islanders did, and it was 2-2 going into the third period, and then they score five consecutive goals and then win 7-2. And then the Rangers last night completely demolishing them, putting it to the Boston uh, Bruins in the, four in, the two in the third period. It's unbelievable. The Boston Bruins had the worst week in the third period probably I've ever seen. In the two days against the two New York teams, they gave up 13 goals. Outscored 13 to 4. In practically the third period. It's unbelievable. This Boston Bruin team that's built to win, built to win championships, they were in the Stanley Cup Finals two years ago. Half the Rangers team was out for this game. That's a crazy thing. It's unbelievable. I thought it was going to be the other way around. I still worry about the Rangers defense. I don't trust the Rangers defense. They're not a very good defensive team. But this team could put points on the board. They are I, getting better defensively, though. If they you look are. At the rankings, they are. They're starting to find their fluidity with with every. You know, they have a lot of new moving pieces. Yeah, and that's a and lot it, of. Teams. And it, it's a new system too. It's a whole new system. No training camp, so that kind of puts them behind, as you say, behind the eight ball. Well, the Rangers are always behind the the eight ball, especially with some of the coaches that they have behind the bench. But well, yeah. <laughs> well, no. Well, Jock Martin has done a nice job defensively. It's everybody else I worry about. I think that losing Panarin, I. I want to know your opinion. I mean, this story came out for the last week and a half. The first story I heard was about him trying to get his family out of Russia because there's a good chance something could happen to his family. I don't know what the heck is going With on. With the KGB there. and stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I've just read a couple of stories. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't understand any That's of why it. why he left. That's fine. But why didn't he take his family with him if he left? His family's in Russia. I, that's fine. You have millions it's and millions of easy. dollars. Yeah, but it's not as easy to leave. Well, That's you have millions and millions of dollars. You own a, the world, as far as I'm concerned. You're making $10 million it in is, New York. But at the same time, it's also a dictatorship country. It's very different than it is here, where even in Cuba, it's tough to get out of Cuba. You think of it even in Russia. It's tough to get out of Russia. And a lot of these Russian players have their families still over there. My thoughts are on the whole thing is this. The story is bogus. It's behind a political situation. Because Panarin has been very outspoken. Him and the guy from, I forget the guy from Colorado, they have been very much against Vladimir Putin. They have been supporting, I forget what his name is, the other guy that just went to prison. Putin tried to poison him, and then they put him in jail. The story came out that many, many, many years ago, Panarin was in a bar and he abused an 18-year-old girl. His former KHL coach put this story out, who, he's a former NHL player, Nutsy, nutsy guy. I mean, he punched the team doctor on the bench during the game. So that means he's lying? Well, you can ask also his teammates and all the reporters that are there. His former teammates that were all at the bar with him that night said that it's absolutely bogus, that this is behind because he's a huge Putin guy, the coach that has said it, and it's a political piece to kind of would you have Slash. believed that? Would you believe that if he wasn't a ranger? Be honest. The, his teammates oh, I, are saying the yes, truth, are yes, telling the truth? Absolutely. All of his former teammates who were with him that night have all said that it's completely false. Reporters and even people inside the organization and the team and the KHL itself has come out and made a statement saying that it's it's not true. And the Rangers have come out and said it's not true. His teammates have come out and said it's not true. This coach... So why is he going to be out for the season? He's, why? he's not out for the season. He's out for a couple of weeks because he what he's trying to do is I don't is know. This, no. A lot of people say he might not play for the rest of the season. No, they said two weeks. That was the point. Okay. That was two weeks. And all the right. reason being is... He is trying to worry about his family's safety because at the same time, when something like this happens, Russia is very, very different than here. Dude, the guy tried to poison somebody, Putin. He will have people come after Panarin's family to try and kill them. That is what Panarin is trying to get them out. This is like a couple years ago with Enes Kanter in Turkey. The same situation happened. He was against them. It's a dictatorship country in Turkey. 
And Cantor had to leave the team for a few weeks to get his family out of Turkey. And this is the same situation that has happened. There was a political piece on, on Cantor. They said he did something. It was completely false. It wound up not being true at all. And the same thing's happening with Panera. They're trying to hurt his character. And it's an unfortunate situation. That It's a very scary situation because Vladimir Putin has the power in that country to really destroy somebody's family. And that's what Panarin is trying to figure out right now. How do I get my family out of there for safety? How can I get them to be safe? And that's why you have to be wary and cautious when you say the things you we'll do. We'll send a spy. But, we'll send Speedy in well, there the, as a spy. The problem is this, though. It's amazing <laughs> that in this country you have the freedom of speech to say what you want, but in certain countries you don't. It puts light into the situation of where the world is. That one thing could be said, and this KHL coach, who, by the way, hasn't gotten even a job in years in the KHL. The KHL doesn't even want him there anymore because of his character. Wrote this because he's a huge Putin supporter. So that's so he wants what... to throw Panarin under the bus because Absolutely. he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't uh, like Putin. He doesn't that's like the whole, Putin. That's w- the whole wonderful. Point. And I think first off, the guy should be ashamed because you're putting a man's family in jeopardy because of this. The man's allowed to say what he wants to say, and it's unfortunate he can't say what he wants to say because of a country like that that's run that way is unheard of but it's the case in certain parts of the world so it's it's sad it sucks and i hope for panarin's family safety they get what they need to get out of there well really it's all, do, it's all it's about scary. money it's all yeah. about money and they have it so it's uh, just it's just bad will putin let him even get involved and that's what he's trying to figure out. could you even imagine when you look at this eastern conference uh, well the mass mutual east that's what they call it mass mutual i don't know where they get these names by the way <laughs> Big <laughs> words. terrible. Big words. They're terrible. But who would have thought that the Boston Bruins, who right now are still in first place, where they had an early lead. They were up like seven, eight points early in the season. Now only a point ahead of the New York Islanders, and they're tied with the, the uh, Washington Capitals right now. Who would have thought that this division would be as close as they are? That's the NHL. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And there's going to be a lot of ups. There's going to be a lot of downs in the season. You have weeks. The Bruins have had this for years. They have these couple of weeks where they struggle. And then they pick it back up again. And then the playoffs roll around, and then you see how they go. The Bruins are going to be fine. I don't know, man. I, I, I because do. of this division, you do know that Philadelphia is probably the most yeah. all-around talented team in this division. But you see, but you see. so the thing of it is this. So the Philadelphia Phillies, the, Phillies, the Flyers were playing really well, and now they're struggling. The Capitals were playing well. They're struggling. The Bruins were playing well. They're struggling. The Islanders were struggling. Now they're playing well. The Rangers were struggling. Dude, the Devils were playing well at the beginning of the year. Now they're struggling. It's all over the place. It's not even the best division in that Eastern Conference. In my opinion, the, the, to me, Tampa is still there. Go look at Carolina. Go look at the Hurricanes. They are playing out of their minds this year. Well, Florida's playing out of so their minds. So is Joe Quinville. <laughs> it's Joe, they finally have gotten the system down for Quinville, where it has taken them a They have year a very good offensive They've team. They've got a great offensive team, and Bobrovsky is playing his old form like he did when he was in Columbus. And if Bobrovsky plays like he did in Columbus, that team is going to be so tough to beat. I still think the Mass Mutual East is the hardest division. Because right? you have the Bruins, you have Washington, you have Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. But are, but are the best teams in that division. Man, I, I, Boston is still going to be a dangerous Is Florida team. and Carolina and Tampa not as good? Florida's Tampa, not better than any of these But here's teams. the thing. Tampa's going to get in, and they're going to get Kucherov back. And they're playing the way they are. I still put Tampa as the best team. I don't trust that. First of all, Tampa is not going to win another Stanley Cup. It just don't doesn't. Say it. They're not. They're not. And I don't trust that this team they is going to. They won back to back. Pittsburgh did, but Pittsburgh had Sidney Crosby, okay? And 
Sidney Crosby. I don't want to hear Kucherov because Kucherov isn't Sidney Crosby. Stamkos isn't either. They have an all-around really good de- team. That's, That's fine. What it comes down That's to. fine. And all they still have Victor How many great all-around great teams have gone to the playoffs and never did? They still have Victor Hedman. They still have Vasilevsky. That's great. I'm telling you, not what winning is the no Stanley great? Cup this year. They're uh, not winning the Stanley I, Cup. I put this them year. right there. Well, I'm telling you, you're wrong. And I think why are you telling me I'm wrong? Because they're if in an easy division. Nothing's even happened. They're yet. in an easy division. Okay, and they were in an easy division last year. Right now, Nashville is a rebuilding team. Detroit's a rebuilding team. Okay. Dallas was good last year. So you're saying Tampa has old. no shot. Columbus, we all know what Columbus is. So Tampa is. has no shot is what you're saying. No shot. You're no, basically, you're I, I didn't no say shot. Tampa has no shot. You I don't, just I, told I don't, me I'm wrong. They're not going to win. Dallas is good though. They just barely played any games because they had exactly. COVID well, issue. You have to look year. at the games played. Speed is right. You have to look at the games played. I don't Dallas think Dallas is good. They're 6-5. and five. What You think that's good? They got to the playoffs last year. And they They're 6-5. and five. Do you so think that's good? In 15 games, you've won 6. talent. There's a lot of teams with talent. What are you talking about? Your own Rangers have talent, and they got 17 points. Let's look over here. Colorado, who everybody thought was the best team in that division, they're in fourth place. They've got a lot of talent. Why do they have only 10 wins? Because, again, it starts slow, mm-hmm. and you pick it up, and you peak at the right time. Mm. That's where it comes to fruition. I got gotcha. you. Do mm. you? Are you sure mm. you I got you. you. I, I'm kind of lost you, with what you're saying, you're, but I got you. Good. Yes. Thank you, Speedy. Please end this already. Well, <laughs> it, it, kind of, it kind of annoys me because I'm You looking, annoy me. You annoy me. You annoy me. Because when I'm looking at these teams and you keep telling me, whoa. I don't even have a computer to look at it, so it's not even fair. I don't have to look at it. I really don't. Then why are you looking at it? Because it's right in front of my face. Well, don't use it. Look wow. at me when you say it. You want me to smack you around a couple of times? See, I love it. It's always with the hitting threats. Yeah. It's always with the hitting Anyways, threats. Anyways, I don't see Tampa winning another Stanley see, Cup. See, there you go. He shot. said it again. I don't. You're saying I don't see Tampa winning? No. So you're not giving him a shot. Say it. You're not giving him a shot. If say I it. say I don't see them, doesn't mean I'm not giving oh, them I a hope shot. They w- watch, they'll win the Cup again now that you've I'll put money on it. You, you want to put Everything money is money with yeah, you. Yeah, because I'm telling you you're wrong. They're not going to win a Stanley Cup. That's year. not even fair. Wait a they'll second. make the playoffs. They'll make a run. That's not They're not f- winning anything. That's not even f- so who's winning the Stanley Cup this year? I don't know. What was that? You did all that build-up and he said, I don't know. I just <laughs> told you Tampa's not winning the Stanley Cup. That's all I got to tell you. Wait a second. So the, I don't know who's going to win. So I want to get this. Straight. I think Carolina has the best chance in that division. I agree. I love Carolina. I think, they I think the they're the best depth. They have the most chance. Depth in that div- now, so the bet would be then I have to get Tampa and you get the field? Yes. That is egregious. Um, you, <laughs> you're egregious. so sure of it. By the way, the team that's really playing good, good hockey is Toronto. Who would have thought? A team over the last couple of years. And that's without Matthews, by the way. He's hurt. Without Matthews and their defense, I don't know what's going on there. They're actually playing defense. They're building it all up for the regular season just it's to crazy. have the, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning 2019 Again, done. I'm <laughs> saying it, 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 you have to peak at the right time. Mm. Dallas did it last year. I'm telling you. It's not going to be Tampa Bay this year. It's I still not. love Colorado, too. Colorado's going to be good. I think Colorado all around is the best team in hockey. Are they dumb in Vegas? That's fair. Austin Matthews in 20 games, 18 goals and 13 assists. Unbelievable. Two points a game. Did you see the thing? It's on, crazy. They, they mic'd up Pertangeli the other night on, with Lake Tahoe, and he, there was a breakaway, and they had him mic'd up, and he goes, uh-oh. <laughs> there was a breakaway, and the guy scored, and he goes, oh, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Tavares, who's getting way overpaid, he's, he's not having it. 21 games, six goals, 11 assists. He's got a lot of assists. He's playing on one of the best lines in hockey. Yeah, I know he's the face, but it's not his team. It's Matthews' it's, team. Matthews is going to be gone. He doesn't want to be there. He wants to go back. He wants to go to Phoenix. And I, I do. Huh. He wants to go closer to his family. I know he does, but I don't know. You know there's a different team you could take a different route. <laughs> It'll be do. very interesting. <laughs> you could do the Taylor Hall I, thing. I, if I were the Islanders, if I were the Islanders, I would do anything in possible way to get somebody like an Austin Matthews. Could you imagine him and Barzell on one line? 
Could you imagine Matthews that? is a center, though, isn't he? So what? You could put him on a wing. You could put Barzell on the wing. I don't know if you want to move those pieces around. Or you can actually put Matthews on, on your front line, and you put uh, Barzell on your second. And then you could put Pajot on your behind. <laughs> B-line, yes. The B-line for the behind Oh, line. my God. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, Speedy, what do we got? Debate Wars. Here on the Weekend Crunch. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Little J, Joshua Silverberg, and obviously you all know the producer of the great Weekend Crunch is Speedy Petey. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports E-Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Download the World Wide Sports Radio app by going to WWSRN, which is Apple for that, and Android World Wide Sports Radio Network, Go check out our website. We have an unbelievable website. Go to www.worldwidesportsradio.com. It's unbelievable. If you guys love sports and you love to check out a great website, go and check out the Worldwide Sports Radio Network website. Speedy, are you ready for this segment? I am, as I always win these segments. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Joshua Silverberg is just trailing behind. Are you ready, Speedy? Just like mm-hmm. Errol is in the football stadium. Wow. Oh, is, is, that <laughs> your, is that what you're going to bring up, the picks? Are you kidding me? Because I'm going to whip your you-know-what this year in baseball. That I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you because I'm not going to play around with you. I'm not going to play around with you. I'm going to tell you straight out. I don't want you out. playing with me straight, at all. Straight. Well, I definitely don't want to play with you. That's for sure. Anyways, <laughs> we call. Sleep at night, that's fine. We call this segment, Speedy. Debate Wars. It sounds so good live when I hear him do it. <laughs> all right. We start with a single season one for baseball for this one. So a better pitching season. 2014 Clayton Kershaw when he won the MVP or 2018 Cy Young Jacob DeGrom. That's tough. I mean, Kershaw was ridiculous that season. But was that DeGrom? That's right, 2018. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, no, no. Hold on. Was that the one that he had a 1.65 ERA? 1.77. I'll still give it to Kershaw because Kershaw did win the MVP. I never think pitcher should win the MVP, but Kershaw was ridiculously clutch that year until the playoffs happened, of course. <laughs> for three years yeah. straight, that from there, for three, year, three years in a row. I'll give dominant. it to Clayton Kershaw. Oh, it's Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw has been the most dominant pitcher we've ever seen in, in our era. Who could you compare to him? Even Kurt Schilling, Randy Johnson. For a nine-year span, nobody was as good as this guy. This guy has... To me, one of the top left-handed pitchers I have ever seen. Clayton Kershaw. All right. Better winger. Brendan Shanahan or Jerome Aginla? That's a good one. That's a great one. I'll give it to Shanahan. To me, the thing about Shanahan was he was so clutch in the playoffs, too. And even when he went to the Rangers, he was pretty good as well. Which, you know, a lot of veterans don't get that. It was at the end, which he was still good. Whereas, again, was still trying to find his footing in, like, Boston and all those places. So, I'll go Shanahan. Oh, it's definitely Brendan Shanahan. I I had the opportunity to meet him at at the draft with the Toronto Maple Leafs. As I dropped my phone. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Brendan Shanahan, when he went to the Iserman Detroit Red Wings, he was fantastic. Iserman, Fedorov, Lindstrom, They they were fantastic. And not only that, Brendan Shanahan was a mean person on the ice. Mean. He fought... Big, strong, fast for a guy his size. Fantastic player. As good as Jerome McGinley was in the NHL with the Calgary Flames, he was not Brandon Shanahan. 
Better recently retired cornerback, D'Angelo Hall or Terrence Newman? That's another good one. No, it's not. It's not even a hole. Why, what are you going to say? They both stink. Yeah, I agree with you. I would go with Hall. They're both overrated. I'll go with Hall. Oh, I'm going to go with Newman because Hall's a punk. Newman stinks. With the Cowboys, too. He Listen, I think we both can agree they both suck. <laughs> <laughs> I would take Hall. I'll take Newman because I can't stand you. With the Hall. Atlanta Falcons, such, I like Hall. I, I can't stand you. He's such a tra- he's so annoying, D'Angelo. He, 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 That's he was, the best part. Trash yeah, talking. But he wasn't even that good and he talked trash. Yeah, he was all right. Wait, wait, come on. He was all right. I mean, he had a couple of good seasons with the Washington football team. Better NBA coach, Larry Brown or Doc Rivers? <laughs> Oh, I've tough. got mine. I've I got know. Mine. We know. <laughs> we know who you're gonna say. It ain't gonna be Doc Rivers. <laughs> oh man, I'll go Larry Brown. You know, for me, you're a smart guy. I'll tell you this: that Detroit Pistons team. You could make the case on paper that Laker team was one of the greatest teams ever assembled with Karl Malone, Gary Payton, and Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, and his Detroit Pistons team whooped. That Laker team in the finals with no superstars on that team yet. Chauncey Billups, none of those, Rip Hamilton, none of them were bona fide stars yet. So I'll go with Larry Brown on that. How about the 76ers that he coached? The Allen Iverson yeah, 76ers. They the Who did what really stuck out to me is not the championships that he won. It was what he did with that 76ers team. Rebuilding that team with just Allen Iverson. Really nothing. Eric Snow, the bench players that they had, he developed these guys to play his defense and his offense. It was Larry Brown. He, he did it everywhere he went except with the New York Knicks. He didn't they do it. him at the one year. <laughs> he, even, he did it in college, too. He was very successful in college, SMU. too. Yeah, so it was Larry Brown. Then they get caught. They got caught for uh, mm-hmm. illegal recruiting. Yes. So, uh, Doc Rivers was, is a horrendous S- coach. SMU always yep. seems to get in trouble with that. He's so. a horrendous <laughs> coach. I think I picked that team one year to go to the Final Four, one of his like eight seats or something. Yeah, uh, like that. that team. SMU has bad luck with football and basketball recruiting wise. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, better fielder at his position: Greg Maddox or Keith Hernandez? Oh, stop. Are you kidding me? It's Keith Hernandez. It's not even close. I'm not even saying that because I'm a method. You could make the case Keith Hernandez was the greatest defensive first baseman in baseball history. He's a bona fide close Hall of Famer. He should be in the Hall of Fame. To me, it's not even close. I understand Greg Maddox won how many goal in a row as a pitcher? A pitcher. How much does a pitcher really feel? Dude, Keith Hernandez was a gold glove first baseman. If you Dude, say Greg Maddox, you're a fool. Greg Maddox won yeah, 18 I know. gold gloves. He was a pitcher. Greg Maddox. Dude, you're an idiot. 18 gold gloves. How could you argue that? Because Keith Hernandez played a How many years did he play? He played like 19 years, and he won 18 gold gloves. He was the best defensive pitcher in baseball Keith Hernandez played arguably one of the toughest positions in baseball and was a prime defensive. He played the hardest position in baseball, and that's pitching. I'm going with Greg Maddox. He doesn't have to catch the ball. You're an idiot. I'm going with Greg. It's Greg. Absolute 18 gold gloves as a pitcher. Congratulations. The he hardest caught, position congratulations. in baseball. He caught two one-hoppers through the bound. Good Ooh. for him. While Keith Hernandez scooped up every ball at first 18 base. gold gloves, baby. Full for even saying 18. That. They kick you off the air. Good. Better, 18. Better. Better. Congratulations. Poppers off the mound. Good for him. Yep. By the way, 11 gold gloves to 18. Who do you want? Uh, yeah, the guy, that you, the guy plays a the pitcher, premier provision. A pitcher. Against a first baseman. A first baseman. A first I'm taking, baseman. I'm taking, I'm taking the, the first baseman. Because I think Greg Maddox could have played any position in the infield and still oh, been a good player. Oh, you're ridiculous. Greg Maddox. Keith Hernandez. All right. Greg Maddox. Keith Hernandez. Greg Maddox. Keith Hernandez. Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox. Keith Hernandez. Greg Maddox. Go ahead, Speedy. <laughs> Better wide receiver. Isaac Bruce Greg or Andre Reed. 
<laughs> Keith Hernandez was a better wide receiver. Okay. Yes. Greg Maddox. <laughs> Keith, Keith, Keith Hernandez. I'll go with Isaac Bruce. Andre Reed was a really good player, but dude, Isaac, Isaac Bruce was a dominant player on what, as they call the greatest show on turf. He really did help out that Rams offense dramatically, and he helped Torrey Holt very much become the player that he was. So I'll go Isaac Bruce. I'm going to go with Greg Maddox. <laughs> I'm going to go with Keith Hernandez. So screw you. <laughs> I'm going to go with Andre Reed. Andre Reed was a first ballot Hall of Famer for Buffalo. A great wide receiver. Really was. A sensational. I think people forget how good he was. You probably never even got a chance to see him. I didn't. So but what I know are you numbers. laughing at over there, Speedy? What are you giggling at? I, w- I was Keith ready for Hernandez. Josh to rebuttal on something. Yeah. Hernandez. I'm getting it prepared for him at times. He'll say it like a moron. Greg Maddox. <laughs> I already said it twice. I'm so going with Andre Reed. He's the better all-around wide receiver. Isaac Bruce was great on the greatest show on turf. He helped out Torrey Holt get open a lot. Torrey Holt was the best wide receiver on the team. Andre Reed was the best wide receiver on that team. And he, to me, first ballot. Matter of fact, I would put Andre Reed as my top 10 wide receiver. I would put Keith Hernandez as the best defensive uh, player of all time. Well, that just shows you how wrong you are. Well, 18 gold clubs. 11 gold clubs for, premier position, for premier position. All right, Speedy, go. I don't want to hear him. All anymore. right. Well, I'm going to mute him. One more. Speaking of defense, better tri-state hockey defenseman in his time. Oh, boy. Brian Leach or Scott Stevens? Oh, baby. Give me Brian Leach. Of course you will. Me? Of well, course. A, dude, Brian Leach is one of the greatest defensemen of all I time. I played with him on the ice. Good for you. Brian Leach is one of the greatest defensemen to ever play and, the game and, of hockey. And Stevens isn't? No, he is, but that's because Brian Leach. He was a better all-around defensive player hey, than was Brian Leach. not. Are you oh, kidding me? He was a better Stop all-around it. defensive give player. Give me Brian Leach. Brian... And give me Keith Hernandez, too, while you're yeah, in there. I can give you whatever you want, especially smack in the face. You. I'm going with Scott Stevens. Of course you are. He's the better all-around defensive player. Brian Leach was more of an offensive defensive player. He played defense. I'm not saying that he wasn't. No, but he played very good defense. He wasn't Scott Stevens defensively. He's better than Scott No, he wasn't. How many championships did Brian Leach win? How many Brian's what? How many championships did Brian you Leach win? Huge Stanley Cup? Uh, one. So How what? many did Scott Stevens win? Well, when you have Marty Bedore, How helps. many did he win? It helps your How many did he win? Three? Who was the captain of the team? Scott Niedermeyer. No. <laughs> Scott Stevens. He was the better the defenseman all Leach. around. Brian Leach was the better offensive defenseman. Scott Stevens was the better defensive defenseman. And you asked us who was the better defenseman. Scott Stevens. All right, now the real question. Best defensive player of the four. Keith Hernandez. Keith Hernandez. Greg, Greg Maddox. Maddox. Brian Leach and Scott Stevens. Right all four of them. I'm going with Greg Maddox <laughs> on that Keith one. Keith Hernandez. 18 gold gloves, <laughs> it's baby. Keith Hernandez playing a premier position, baby. Oh. It had the best stash premier. in the sport. Well, hold on one second. Premier <laughs> position? You're talking about the pitcher. Jeez. The pitcher doesn't have to field anything. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Are you lost? I'm not lost. No, he's lost. No, you're lost. 18 gold gloves. Why don't you gloves. go yuck it up some more and laugh Tell me a pitcher. That had 18 gold gloves. I don't have to because they doesn't have to take much to field at that position. How many pitchers have won 18 gold Probably gloves? Only him. Okay, that's okay. what I said. I read my sure. case. How many first basemen have won 11 gold gloves? A lot. Really? Who? Don Mattingly. He won, I think, 10. He won Good, 10. It's not 11. Oh, Sorry. Oh, so so it wasn't 11. Sorry, <laughs> you lose. You're the weakest link. Uh, no, Goodbye. I'm the weakest link. You lost to Greg Maddox. You 18. lost. Anyways. You're- I over. win again, you like don't always. Win a thing. How could he say that a guy that wins eleven gold gloves to a guy that won eighteen? Because it wasn't it like was a it wasn't position. like twelve to because like eleven. Positions it was eighteen. Seven more. And Greg Max also gloves. played more. See what years. I mean? This is a Met lover, right? Here. No, it's not. He's better feeling on the Cardinals. I am going to say this again: eighteen gold gloves. Anyway, what you say? When we come back, Speedy, what do we got? Crunch time here. On the weekend crunch. Ooh. 
Oh, I like this. Oh. I'm a winner. You're a loser. That's right. Why are you calling the fans losers? That's terrifying. Great Maddox. Great Maddox. <laughs> That's being to call the fans 18, losers. 18, baby. As you guys know, this is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Errol Marks, and my co-host, the littlest of little J's, Joshua Silverberg, and the producer. Put your hands together. The crowd's growling and crawling and whatever they're doing. Why are they crawling? Because they're running. They're running. (laughs) Speedy Petey. Why are they growling and crawling? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was was your dog. I don't know. (laughs) They're growling and crawling. Never heard that Uh, one before. Well, that's that's something for you to know and for me to find out. You might want to trademark that one because you might be the only one who uses that. (laughs) As you guys know, this is the Weekend Crunch and this show show is only on 103.9 the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Please, guys, if you haven't heard, download the app. Go check out our website, www.worldwidesportsradio.com, and go to iOS, the Apple Store, WWSRN, Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network, all our great shows throughout the week, uh, our articles, everything that we do uh, for the network throughout the week is on the website and the app. So check it out. So we had a, a very interesting debate wars, and now I'm sure we'll have even a better crunch time. Speedy? It's time for crunch time. Yes, it shall be very interesting. We're going to start this crunch time in college basketball. So two, three of the top five teams have road games tomorrow buy or sell two out of the three of those teams will lose on the road it is number two baylor is at kansas number three michigan josh's national championship pick is at indiana and josh's team wisconsin is hosting number five illinois that's the team that's probably, that's definitely the team it's gonna be wisconsin they they will they uh, i think we're, i I'm, want it to be wisconsin i, I think I, i'm at the point where i'm just ready for march madness with them but i think it's going to be wisconsin look michigan weeks ago i said they were going to win the national championship they're playing out of their minds this year i uh, think they're going to be surprised i do not i do i think they're so talented so I, wisconsin will be the team they got two really good guards i i don't like their front we'll have to see what they do in the uh, march madness because it all changes in march madness the whole game changes the speed of the game and everything I'm going to say Wisconsin. I, I, I don't think they're going to beat Illinois. I really don't. And Illinois is, is actually a really, really good team. And I could go far. I, I They're probably, depending on where they land in the bracket, they could go all the way to the Sweet 16. So I'm going to go with Wisconsin. I'm going to buy Wisconsin. All right. Buy or sell. Russell Wilson will be traded before Deshaun Watson. I'll buy it. I think he has a better chance to get traded because – Houston's waiting for that right package where I think Seattle will just take a package that's given to them. It, it will be a high package. They'll take the high package. So, for me, I'm going to buy that one. I'm going to sell it. I, I still think Deshaun Watson is the guy that wants out. I don't know if it's quite true that Russell Wilson wants out. I mean, the stories are coming out from the organization. Uh, I still think he's going to stay there. I think they'll build the offensive line. I think they'll give him what he wants when free agency opens up, and they'll make him happy. So I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson, so I'm going to sell on Russell Wilson. Buy or sell. Chris Bryant will become a New York Met. Go ahead. I, no, I know I, no, I don't know. It depends on how J.D. Davis does, and it depends at the trade, de- it depends at the trade deadline. Sell. So I, I, I'll sell it for now. 
because I don't know what the future holds. So I'm going to sell it. I'm going to sell it. I, I don't know if the Mets are going to go after Chris Bryant. They're going to have to give up a significant amount for him because the Cubs aren't just going to give him away if they're making a run throughout the playoffs. And I don't know if the Mets are going to be willing to do that. Sandy Alderson is not a guy that's just going to throw away prospects. He's not that type of person. He likes to keep on to it. He likes to hold on to prospects. So I'm going to sell that. I, I don't think that's happening. All right, buy or sell. Jack Eichel being surprisingly scratched, I think it was against the Devils, means that he will be traded within the next two weeks. I'm going to sell that. I think if he's going to be traded, it'll be in the offseason at the draft. I think that's where it will probably happen. So I'm going to sell that for now. But the fact that he's 23 years old and he's on his fourth coach already is insane. It's ridiculous. I think a lot of teams will be interested in Jack. It's not just the Rangers. I know that's what you want to say. but I, I Well, think no, that- I would say that the Rangers are – because they would have the most to offer in a package. I think there are other teams out there that will be willing to give a team like the Buffalo Sabres a package that they'll be happy with. Of course, but again, the the thing is the Buffalo GM has come out and have said there's certain players he specifically likes. That's fine. He can say whatever he wants. So he says it, so he's going to the Rangers? Come on, man. This is what really upsets me about the Ranger fans. They say something, and it's not quite true, because somebody says something from an organization, Ranger fans say, you know what? The only team he could go to is that team, the Rangers. It's not about that. And then he goes somewhere else, and the Ranger fans will, well, they kind of, Rangers didn't want to offer this, so that's why he went there. That's not why. Whatever. It's the reason being is because they would have possibly a lot he of... Is, I'm going to sell that, by the way, Speedy. I'm going to sell that. He's not going anywhere. No, he'll, he'll be trading you offseason. If he goes somewhere, it won't be the Rangers. That's for sure. All right. Buy or sell. The Lakers will trade for a big-time big man now that they lost Anthony Davis for possibly an extended period of time. I'll buy it because I think they'll be interested in Andre Drummond. It's just curious what they would have to give up. A lot. I, I don't know if they have enough to give up. Davis is going to come back, too. He is. So that's why I'll sell it. I'm going to sell it. Andre Drummond, I think, the best fit, the Celtics. If it was going to happen, I would have liked to see Danny Ainge do it now and not let it drag on because that is the missing piece that could get the Celtics to the NBA championship. They've been craving a big man that can do everything that they lack. This guy leads the league in rebounds. This guy's a good offensive player, and he can actually block shots. He averages almost two block shots a game. So I'm going to sell that. I don't think he's going to the Lakers. I think the Celtics need to get on the phone with the Cavaliers and do whatever they can to get him. Ohio State has hit a slump recently. Buy or sell, it will continue with a loss against Iowa on Sunday. They're at home. I'll sell that. They'll beat Iowa. I don't trust Ohio State. They're so up and down this year. To me, they're kind of even a first or second round exit in the tournament. I think they're talented, but they're so up and down, so I'll sell it. I think they're a team that they get into a good bracket. I think they can go all the way. I know right now it doesn't look like that, but you know, we've seen this. They're very talented. They can go all the way. They have a very good guard play. They're a very good offensive team. They really are. The defense is what you worry about. So I'm going to buy that they're going to win. Go beat Iowa. Claude Julian will get a head coaching job within the next month. I'll sell that. I think he'll get it next year. I think teams are going to go after him because he still has the resume to prove that he's he's won a Stanley Cup. He helped Montreal a lot last year. The problem with Julian is he doesn't know how to really develop young players. That's been the killer. He has a short leash for certain young players. So I'll sell it. I think he'll get a job next year, though. It depends on who becomes available, what team becomes available. I think there'll be a lot of teams lining up for Claude Julian. But there's a guy leaving the Blue Jackets at the end of the year, and I think he, and everybody knows who I'm talking about, he, he's going to be a big name out there for a lot of teams, So it's cl- including the Rangers, because I don't think Quinn is going to be there after this year. They're not making the playoffs, Rangers. So I am going to sell until the end of the year, but he will get a job at the end of the year. 
All right, buy or sell. The Knicks will make a contender-like trade this trade deadline. I'll buy it. I'm just weary that they're going to give up too much, meaning Bradley Beal. I could see them going after Victor Oladipo. And they're trying to sign him to a max extension when they trade for him. They just have to be worried about the trade. That's You don't want to trade off the future and the farm for one player. I know it's ideal, but you just they, they've done it the right way. And there's no reason why they should go off the tracks now. I don't think the Knicks are going to make a significant move like Bradley Beal. Victor Oladipo, you're not going to have to give up a lot. You give up a couple of second-round draft picks and maybe a player like a Kevin Knox, you can get Victor Oladipo. I don't think Houston's going to hold on to him. I think they're just trying to stock up with picks. So I am going to buy. It could be Victor Oladipo. It's not going to be Bradley Beal or anybody big like that. So, And if Victor Oladipo, he's big, but he's not Bradley Beal. So I'll sell that. J.J. Watt is actually smokescreening us, and he will go to somebody else other than the Titans, Bills, or Packers. I've heard the Browns is a rumor that he wants to be paired with Miles Garrett, which would be really interesting. I think Green Bay is the perfect fit for him. So I'm going to sell that. I think Green Bay would be an ideal fit. Pittsburgh is another team. The problem with Pittsburgh is they have no salary cap. So that's why they really can't get him. There's already offers out there for $15, $16 million for him. Pittsburgh no way can match that. So that's why he overrated. Won't, he too. will not go to Pittsburgh. So overrated. I, I never liked J.J. Watt. I think if you look at his numbers against really bad teams, they're astronomical. They're, they're unbelievable. And then you look at teams that are over 500 every single year, they're not good. Especially good offensive lines. So I'm going to buy that he's going to go to one of those three teams. I'm going to sell that he isn't going to anybody that is not on that list. I think it's more likely Green Bay, like Josh says. I think that's where he's going. It's, perfect, it's a perfect fit for him. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect fit for Green Bay. That's the biggest need. Well, yeah, they need a, they need Darius Smith needs help. Not only that, they need interior guys. He'll play interior on that defense, most likely. Kenny Clark will love it. Mm-hmm. All right, one more. We will see another 14-year contract like Fernando oh. Tatis's in the MLB in the next five years. No way. And I thought it was egregious that San Diego did that. That was terrible. I cannot believe they actually did that. Whoever allowed that to happen is terrible for letting that go down. So I'll sell it. It was a terrible contract. We I mean, took about a guy for 14 years. Are you kidding me? Nobody's worth 14 years. You probably think Lindor is. <laughs> no, I do not think Lindor is. Not I'm the, waiting. I'm no, waiting. I would say seven or eight, not 14. I don't think he's worth 14 years. I, I don't know what he is. We don't know what he is. We saw him in two years. I, I think his first year was unbelievable. COVID year, he was fantastic, but he couldn't stay on the field, even in a short year. So that's a huge problem. And, and if he can't stay healthy as a shortstop, how do you expect it? We, remember no more Garcia Perra? Guy couldn't stay healthy. He could have been one of the greatest shortstops of all time. He was a better defensive player in my eyes than Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter. Guy can't stay on the field. So we never knew what he could be from the Boston Red Sox to the L.A. Dodgers. The only thing I remember is him marrying a professional soccer player yeah, that was a better, yeah, a better player on, on the field for her than he was, he was on the field as a baseball player. So... <laughs> I'm going to sell it. I don't think we'll ever see it again. Those kind of contracts are done. I think that was the last time we see that. So there you go. Hmm. That's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. It was a crazy show. It really was. A lot of arguing today. I hope everybody enjoyed it because uh, obviously everybody knows the hard work and dedication that we put into these shows for all you fans to tune in and hear the greatness of me, of course. I'm just kidding. And the old small little Jay sitting over there. But happy he's in the studio. Uh, And again, from Debate Wars to Crunch Time, 
I always win. Anyways, that's it for our Same show. Says, I don't know. Greg Maddox, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Overrated. <laughs> As you guys know, we are live every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time. And by the way, after the Islander games, if the Islander games are live on Saturdays at 7 p.m., we're right after the Islander games, after the press conferences. So tune in. If you don't hear us at 7 p.m., it's obviously the Islander game. Wait until the end of the game, and we will be on. And we are going to absolutely entertain you on this show and throughout the 103.9 network. So if you haven't listened to this show or you are a fan of this show, keep listening to it because there's a lot of craziness and a lot of great information we can give to you in the sports world. That's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back next week. So definitely tune in and follow all our shows on WWSRN, which is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com and check out all our shows, our articles, and go to our app on WWSRN on iOS and Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Speedy, speedy, speedy. Are you ready for next week? Yeah, maybe I'll have to have the ultra Keith Hernandez comparisons for the entire debate hour. No, no, thank you. No more <laughs> okay. of that. All no the best more. defensive players in every sport versus Keith Hernandez. No, no, we're done. <laughs> well, maybe Keith Hernandez will actually come in first in some of them, but just not against Greg Maddox. Anyways, we will be back next week. Until then, this is Errol Marks, Joshua Silverberg, and Speedy Petey saying goodnight. And we'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody.